welcome to my home, to my little workspace here at home. For those of you listening to my podcast, this right here is the place that I record everything. And I think what makes the, the moments that we share together truly significant is because every single one of us is in completely uncharted territory because we're all experiencing this pandemic and the, the um, repercussions of the pandemic for the first time. I don't think, uh, in, certainly not in my lifetime, but I don't think since the Second World War has there been this kind of global um, attention on any one major issue that's affecting every country around the world. Neither do I think there's been such drastic action by almost every country around the world since the Second World War. And because of that, I got to thinking about Israel and particularly a, a moment in Israel's history where they found themselves in captivity in Babylon. And I, in particular this morning, I was up early reading Jeremiah 29 because each one of us needs to learn a truly valuable lesson. In, and, and that lesson that we can learn is that life doesn't always go as we plan it. I've lived a few more days than the last seven. And um, one of the things I can say is that I know what I said about life not going how we plan it is true. I've experienced that. I know you've experienced that. You might be watching me. Well, I could take my own life. I thought I was to be, I, I was supposed to be married by now. Um, you know, I thought I was supposed to have achieved success in business and ministry by now. I thought I was, whatever it is that you're thinking, as I'm saying now, those are the things that we, th that we put in our plan for our life. Just like Israel put those thoughts in their plan for the life of Israel as a nation. You know, Israel goes through this incredible period of, of captivity and is delivered from the captivity by Moses, is taken into the wilderness for 40 years, and after 40 years enters their promised land. You know, Israel were a, a, an ungrateful bunch at the best of times. So we go through this period of ruling over Israel where they were ruled by judges and then they they get a king they finally get a king and they only had three so it shows it didn't go too well uh, at the start you know Saul that didn't exactly go well and then you get David who follows Saul now okay let's admit David had a few issues but on the whole David was a pretty good guy and then comes Solomon the wisest man that ever lived and and, and as each king passes to the next one, this kind of looks like this is just getting better and better and better. And then the strangest thing happens because after Solomon, warfare rages in Israel and what was a unified Israel is split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the, and the southern kingdom. And then sometime around, what, 712 BC, I think it was, you have this global superpower, as we would call them nowadays, rise up and conquer the known world as it was back then, the Assyrians. 
they absolutely decimate the northern kingdom of Israel, take the whole of the northern kingdom into captivity. And life goes on, and, and then we're just left with the southern kingdom of Israel. And you carry on a few years, and another superpower rises up, the Babylonians. And they absolutely decimate the southern kingdom. And they take the whole of the southern kingdom uh, into captivity. So Israel is completely, do not, uh, completely dominated, completely beaten into submission. And the nation of Israel, as we would look at it today, is absolutely decimated and destroyed. And two opposing forces, occupying forces, take control of what were the kingdoms of Israel. Doesn't matter how much you plan, two things happen in our life. Either man interrupts your plans, as in other men get involved, or other men and women interfere. I always say men, but you know I mean men and women. They interfere in your life, they interfere in your plans, and they cause you to, to you know, get delayed, sidetracked, often get completely off course and, and abandon your plan. Or as we see time after time after time in the scriptures, God interrupts the plans of men. And here we find Israel in this state of decimation, in this state of the kingdoms of Israel wiped out, their people taken into captivity and taken out of their lands back to Babylon, back to the city of Babylon. And it looks like man has interrupted their plan. Yet all the while, God is setting them up because it's actually God that's interrupting Israel's plan. See, you have to understand the context of, of Israel at the time. They lived in, in a, an area of the world that had many gods, little g, and the way that society worked back then, the greater your God, the more wealth, the more success, the more power your nation would have. So here you have Israel worshipping the one true God, and nothing by the standards of the day would lead you to believe that Israel was a successful nation. They have no land, they have no power, they have no wealth, everything they've had has been taken from them, and here they are captive in a strange land. And we, we see in the book of Psalms, as they're heading off towards the captivity, the Psalm writers write about how their captors had asked them to sing the songs of Zion. You know, Boney M did a song about it back in the 70s or 80s, whenever it was, by the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down. And how we wept when we remembered Jerusalem. For their captors told them to sing songs of, of Zion. Sing the songs of Zion. And they asked themselves, but how do we sing our songs in a strange land? And I was thinking about this whole concept of being a strange, being a strange land. Because today, we're all strangers in a strange land. Because that strange land for each one of us is this thing that we call lockdown, quarantine, whatever name you want to give to it. We've never been here in a place where globally the church is shut down. 
where the church can't meet. And I find myself, and I'm sure that you do, asking, how do I, how do I worship God in a strange land? How do I, these are strange times. So we've entered a strange land. None of us know when it's going to end, and none of us know what the result of this COVID-19 pandemic is going to be. Will life ever return to what we knew as normal before? So there's so many things to be answered. The Israelites must have had so many questions because remember the Babylonian pattern was to go take them from their land, bring them back to Babylon and assimilate them into their new culture. You know, I have every belief that the enemy would love to assimilate us, assimilate, I should say, assimilate, I'm inventing words there, assimilate us into a culture of not being able to come together as saints. Yet the scripture says, despise not the gathering of the saints. And in doing so, what, they, what the Babylonians did was, in assimilating them into their culture, was to eradicate their, their own culture from them was to get them to think like Babylonians, to live like Babylonians. When they saw the Babylonian wealth, the Babylonian power, the Babylonian system of life, their ways of life, that they would assimilate completely into Babylonian culture. And in doing so, they would lose who they were. And this is the Babylonian plan for Israel when they come into captivity. Yet God has another plan. Because God's plan is not that Israel would assimilate into the Babylonian culture, but that in integrating into the Babylonian culture, that they would begin to assimilate Babylon into the kingdom of God. So here we are in strange times and in strange days where the church can't meet and the church can't do what we used to do. And we're asking ourselves, how do we worship God in a strange land, in a strange time, in a strange place? And I'm looking at this whole situation that's unfolding in, in, in the, the prophet Jeremiah's writing and beginning to understand that when it looks like our plans have gone wrong, what if this is God's plan? Now, I'm not saying that I believe God planned COVID-19 or God planned a global pandemic, but what if God's plan in amongst this season, in amongst this time of being in a strange land, is that in new ways, we find opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in new ways, we find opportunity to assimilate other people into the kingdom of God. I know preachers around the world that are currently exploring all new manner of, of ways of live streaming that they've never used before, of ways to connect with their church and their community that they've never had opportunity to do before because they're having to find a new way to assimilate people into the kingdom in a strange culture, when it would be very easy for us to simply just take on what society is dictating to us and just close the church permanently and say, well, you know, the government said we can't meet, so we just have to accept that we can't meet. And we retreat into our own house, into our own life. This is what the prophets of Israel in Babylon were saying to the Israelites. They were telling them, don't have anything to do with Babylon. Don't, 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 don't look at them. Don't look to them. Don't integrate yourself with them. Don't fellowship with them. Don't, don't speak with them. Keep who we are. Keep separate. So what they would have done is lock themselves behind closed doors and just keep judging people for not living according to the, the, 
the, the ways and the word of God, but never reach out to them. And here Jeremiah, who's still living in broken down Israel, sends a letter to the captives in Babylon. And it's a letter that the people in Babylon, the Israelites in Babylon, really don't want to read. They don't, it's news they don't want to hear because they've gone to Babylon thinking that this captivity is going to be over in a few weeks. God's going to deliver us. God's going to set us free. God's going to take us back to Israel. And here the prophet Jeremiah writes and says, sit on your hands because this won't be over in a few weeks. In fact, Jeremiah writes, you should build houses, plant gardens, live off the fruits of what you plant. Marry your sons and your daughters off and marry their sons and daughters off. What is he trying to tell the Israelites in Babylon? This thing that you're going through won't be over swiftly. Every day I look at the news and I realize this thing that we're going through right now won't be over swiftly. And the aftermath of what we're going through right now won't be over swiftly. So we have to, as a church, find a new way to set down our roots in amidst this strange land, in, amidst, in amongst this strange season. We have to find a way to plant and to build and to, to create a future for our sons and our daughters and their sons and daughters from this place of our Babylon of today, our own place of captivity. Here we are and the news that we're getting from the secular world, the news that we're getting about COVID-19, coronavirus and all of these other things is not news that we want to hear. But the voice of the news that we should be listening to is, the, is one. the one that we're constantly missing because that voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit in this saying, I need you to set down some roots in, a med in amongst this place of captivity, in amongst this, this season that you're going through because what's going to happen from this isn't going to be over quickly. But I have a plan in amongst this and my plan in amongst this is I'm going to use you the believers to start assimilating the world into the kingdom. That's a very dangerous place to be because we have to preach the gospel in a new way. We have to live the gospel in a new way. We have to allow people to experience the gospel in a new way. And in doing so, they have to be changed by the kingdom. We don't want Babylon to take root in the kingdom. We're looking for the kingdom of God in each of us to find its place rooted in the hearts of those in Babylon, those in the, the place that we thought we would never be. When we look at what happened in the last few weeks, just in the UK alone, we've gone from this place of wealth, of power, of political strength, I guess I should say. The country is standing on its own two feet and suddenly the whole world as we knew it is hit by this pandemic. Israel, the southern kingdom, was strong and suddenly the Babylonians came out of nowhere and decimated their lives, took them into captivity. The prophets in Israel, in exile, telling us don't have anything to do with Babylon. And here comes Jeremiah the prophet and he's telling them, no, you need to integrate. You need to get involved in the society, get involved in the culture because God's plan is to use you in that culture. 
for us as believers as we go through this pandemic, the plan is not to retreat behind closed doors. I know we're on lockdown. I know we're limited by the amount of time that we can go out. And who, But there are ways and means that you can share the gospel. You can live the gospel. You can be the gospel even when we can't move around freely. And I believe with all of my heart, God is using this time of lockdown for us as individuals, as believers, to really strengthen us in our identity and who we are in this place of, I, I call it the place of exile. For me, <laughs> I feel like I'm in exile. I feel like Israel, because they were in exile. They were not in their normal place. We can't go to church like we normally do. We can't go to a sanctuary. We can't be in services like we used to. We're having to find new ways to interact with each other as believers, to receive the word of God from preachers, to connect with people that are not believers. Because even though all of this is going on in this world around us right now, God is still calling out to the hearts of men and women around the world. The scripture says, no man comes to the Father, save the Spirit, draw him. The Spirit is still drawing. Do you know when, if, if you volunteer, to help your neighbors in this crisis. I know you're putting yourself at risk, but do you not think God will protect you? Do you not think that God will step up for you? But in that moment when people ask you, why are you doing this? What a perfect opportunity to preach the gospel of grace. I, I look down the street in which I live every day and think, I need to be doing more to help my neighbors because they need to know the love of Christ the way that I know it the way that I've experienced it, the way that I've gone through it. They need to see the Jesus in me at work. I might walk out of this house on other days with my dog collar on and they see a priest or a minister or whatever. But what good is that if I'm not living it? If I'm not showing them the gospel? If I'm not trying to help them assimilate into the kingdom of God? Why would I know this immeasurable love? Why would I experience unmerited grace daily and not be willing to share that with somebody who doesn't have that? Jeremiah prophesies to Israel something they don't want to hear, but God's plan is not their plan. See, I believe God sits there and goes, you know, Israel, I'm, I'm sorry about the captivity. I'm sorry about the, the time in the wilderness. I'm sorry about you're not getting the things that you... I'm sorry about the decimation of the kingdoms. I'm sorry about your enslavement. But like Jeremiah says, but I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts, I think he says. I know the thoughts I think towards you. God knows his plan for each one of us. God knows what he is planning for you and I. And when he interrupts the plan, trust me, friends, God interrupts us because his plan is always better than the one that we've planned for ourselves. I get really frustrated when God interrupts my plans because he always interrupts my plan to give me a better plan. And then I sit back and think, why couldn't I think of that? Well, the answer is quite simple. I, I, I'm not God. God, why do you have to interrupt what I'm doing to show me a better plan? Here I was like Israel thinking that, you know, I've got all of this mapped out. I've got all this planned out. And suddenly God interrupts it with a disaster, devastation. Because in the Psalms, we see that even in Jeremiah, we see where the writer is saying, I, the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, who led you into captivity. So God is taking them there for a reason. We have to worship God in a foreign place, in a strange place. 
But the God who is God in Israel is still God in Babylon. He's God in London, Las Vegas, Sydney, Melbourne, Johannesburg, Cape Town, Pretoria, every city in between. See, they're looking for something that's physically in Jerusalem. And God is telling us, I am with you where you are, and everything you need is in me, wherever you go. Jesus shows us by his example, wherever we go, he, there he is with us. It's called the doctrine of, of the indwelling, that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, the Holy Spirit comes to live, to indwell within us. So wherever we go, Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit comes with us. The God who was God in Israel is still God in Babylon. The God who was God in the church that you went to is still God in your captivity, is still God in your quarantine, is still God in your lockdown. Yes, we can't gather as we used to, and we can't worship together as we used to, but God is still God, and we must still worship Him. So we find unique and new ways to worship Him. We find ways, as the psalmist writes, to sing the songs of Zion in a strange land. The hymns, the choruses, all of the things that we, we know that we sing. But in their captivity, Israel learns a new song. They begin to praise God in a new way. I would like, at the end of this lockdown, for the people that I've interacted with to, th to look at my life and go, my gosh, what an incredible person, what a good person, what a loving person, what a caring person, what a giving person, because of my willingness to be involved with them, to, to interact with them, not just to lock myself away. I feel guilty about it. I'm going to tell you the truth. I feel guilty about it. I've, I've been thinking about it all day because the Lord really convicted me. I have an opportunity. Because I'm a clergyman, I'm allowed to go out when other people are in lockdown. I'm allowed to go and perform uh, certain functions of my office. And what am I doing with that opportunity? Well, the last few weeks, I haven't done much because I've been sitting at home reading and writing and stuff to, for podcasts and, and, and live streams. And all of that's great. But none of that is taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who don't know it. So I can't be the person that the prophets in Israel in exile were crying out for Israel to be. I can't be one that refuses to interact with the world, especially in a crisis. I have got to be. I want to be everywhere. I want to be everywhere I possibly can be, to speak to everybody I possibly can speak to. Even in a crisis, even in a lockdown, even in a situation that the naysayers and the, the, the prophets of doom and the prophets of woe were, were spouting, this is the, the end of days, this is the end of the church. We're, we're moments away from being called up and taking our place in the heavenly host. And here we are. I'm still here. You're still here. We're still interacting. We're still going through this every day. Because God has a plan in all of this. And we have to see what God's plan is instead of trying to fit God into fulfilling our plans. None of us would have chosen to do church the way we are currently doing it. But God, in my opinion, God is testing the hearts of preachers and people to see who is faithful, who is committed, who is in it for the kingdom, or who is in it for themselves. You know, we keep going on about we have to live in this Christian environment. Hello? You didn't get saved in a Christian environment. Ezra, you didn't live in a Christian environment. Nehemiah, Esther, Moses, 
Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, David, none of you lived in a Christian environment. But God had a plan and a purpose for where they came from based on what God intended to do with where he was taking them. God is using this situation in all of our lives if we will turn to him and seek his voice so that we would understand the plan. God has given us infinite opportunity because each and every day the Holy Spirit walks with us. What fascinates me is even his own son was exiled. Go on, tell me, where do you read that in the scripture, Bishop Kai? Jesus flees because of his parents when they find out that Herod is trying to kill him. So they live in exile in Egypt for the first few years of his life. And then Jesus comes back to Israel. And we don't see much of what happens to him between 12 and the start of his ministry. But then suddenly he's in exile amongst his own people because we look at the life of Christ in Scripture and, and, and he prefers to be with the pimps and the prostitutes. He don't want to spend time with the Pharisees and the, the religious people. And people exile him because of who he hangs out with. He's there with the tax collectors, the shopkeepers, and the everyday people, the fishermen. Why are we so content in the church to lock ourselves behind closed doors? Why don't we want to be with everyday people? You're not going to stop the world from sinning. There's sin in this world. There will always be sin in this world. But my job as a Christian is to... Ha I can't save them from their sin. Jesus Christ is the one who saves from sin. But I have a responsibility. My job is to point them to the one that can save them. You can't do that being judgmental and super spiritual and uptight behind a closed door. You have to get out. You have to live the gospel. What fascinates me is even up to the point of death, Jesus is exiled. We just celebrated Easter. We just celebrated the death and the resurrection of our living Savior. But he even dies in exile. Because according to, to the law of the day, you had to be crucified outside the city walls. And the reason you were crucified outside the city walls was to signify that you were one that the city had rejected. You were exiled from amongst the people. Even to his last words, Jesus is exiled. Jesus is crucified outside the city in exile. And hanging on that cross, he cries out, My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? His final moments of life were exiled from his father. But in it all, God had a purpose for the exile. Even the most brutal death was God's plan, was the highest act of worship in a strange place, in a foreign place, in exile. We have a responsibility to understand that his plan is not our plan. His ways are not our ways. But in our exile, in our Babylon, God is going to use you. God is going to use me. God is going to use us. But there's a price to be paid. The price to worship God in a place of exile is dying to yourself is giving up your plans, is giving up your desires, is surrendering fully to who he is and what he has in store for you, is accepting that God's plan is higher than your plan, that God's way is higher than your way, and that God will use you. God will.
cause you to assimilate Babylon into the kingdom. But we cannot do it by locking ourselves away. How do we worship God in a foreign place? How can we worship God in the middle of this lockdown? We throw ourselves into the culture of the day, not so that it would shape us, but that we would shape the culture. Imagine the surprise of the Israelites when the Babylonians, who saw their highest standards of excellence, who saw the way that Israel conducted themselves with so much excellence, began to say things like, you know, I don't worship their God. I don't believe like they believe, but what a truly incredible person. What a giving person, a loving person. What a caring person. What a gift to this city. And God tells Israel, go into that city and you prosper in that city because when you do, the city will prosper. I want people where I live to know that if I ever quit this earth, they can look back and say, it is a dark day for this city because without him in it, this city will not do well or will not do as well as it once did. That your presence in your city, my presence in my city is enough to cause the city to prosper. The Bible says when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Our duty is to assimilate them into the kingdom and to cause the city we're in, wherever your captivity is, wherever you are in that strange land, to cause that city to prosper. And you will never do it when you sit behind a closed door. So I've said all of that to say this, we live in unprecedented times. We live in very unique times. But God is giving you and I unique opportunities. Even in the middle of a lockdown, even in the middle of a global pandemic, God is giving you and I unique opportunities. And that opportunity is to be able to worship Him in a strange time, in a strange place, in a strange land, but to worship Him so that we understand His plan and that the plan is for us to be used by Him to assimilate Babylon into the kingdom of God.